Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Today, jumping into the NRL Round 22 preview. Uh, But before I jump into all eight games, very unfortunate news breaking today. The former 2015 Cowboys Premiership winner, the first and the only coach to have ever taken the Cowboys to grand final success, Paul Green, unfortunately passing away very very sad circumstances and of course sorry if you heard that as well my cat is sprinting around got serious zoomies no respect if you ask me um but yeah just devastating to hear his family of course have asked for privacy so i'm not gonna talk about the circumstances surrounding that or anything but really sad obviously took the cowboys to a premiership also took winning manly in the queensland cup to a premiership and was a fantastic coach at that level, was an awesome player, spent time at clubs like the Roosters, the Sharks, and was coaching Queensland in the origin last year. So definitely one of those things, yeah, you just don't see coming and a really, really sad way to kick off this preview. So best wishes to any friends, family of Paul Green. And look, he's left an incredible legacy behind the only Cowboys Premiership winning coach ever. And look, there will be definitely a very, very sad feeling in the air on Saturday, I believe it is. Might be Friday, I'll have to double check, when the Roosters take on the Cowboys. Of course, Paul Green, a former Rooster, former Cowboys coach, and yeah, it sucks. I don't really have any words for it. It's really unfortunate. Super unfortunate for his family as well. And yeah, it does make you think the poor bloke has been going through it. He's clearly been going through it. And yeah, that sucks. So I think that's definitely something to remember next time we criticize coaches or players or anything like that. Let's of course remember that they are human and Criticism is okay. Um, uh, This isn't specifically linked to Paul Green, but criticism is okay, of course. But of course, try and be constructive. And I think this is a very timely reminder that the coaches in the game, the players, everyone involved, um, men and women, they definitely are just as human as we are. And they're in the spotlight. So it's tough. Um, It would be incredibly tough for his family as well given the nature of it being public and people wanting to know and things like that. And I'm sure they just want to know themselves. So very unfortunate news, the passing of Paul Green. And yeah, I will never forget that Cowboys grand final. Never, never will forget that. And Paul Green, he's left a lasting legacy, no doubt. But yeah, it's massive, massive bummer. So... Look, with that being said, let's just get into all eight games. Let's get right amongst it. Uh, I was going to talk about Ricky Stewart's seven-day suspension as coach of the Raiders. Maybe I'll get to that a bit later on. But yeah, I feel like the seven-day suspension, everything kind of pales in comparison to the news that broke today. So very unfortunate news. Let's now jump into the Thursday night game. Let's just get... Straight into it, we've got the game of the round, and it's in Penrith. So let's kick this off now. On a big note, first place Panthers hosting the fourth place Melbourne Storm. We have two premiership contenders, both missing key personnel. Now, last up, Panthers breezed past the Raiders. Obviously, there was the Ricky Stewart comment calling Jamin Summon. Summon? Fucking hell. Who am I? Jamin Salmon, a weak, gutted dog. Very loaded comment. Obviously, Jamin Salmon, he is now playing in the halves for Penrith 
alongside Sean O'Sullivan, who Andrew Johns came out today and gave a massive rap on Sean O'Sullivan's footy IQ, said he actually may be one of the most intelligent players in the game, which from Joey Johns, that is a huge compliment. And I know you'll have some people who are like, oh my God, Joey Johns, not the most intelligent guy. When you talk about footy terms, Andrew Johns might be the most intelligent of all time, at least being able to physically match that footy IQ and back it up with his actual playing ability. Because I know many people believe Matthew Johns, a great footy IQ himself, but Andrew Johns, I think he is one of the most valid people to make a comment on footy IQ and in-game intelligence. Out, out of the game, maybe not, but I love Joey Johns. Nothing but respect to Joey Johns. As for the Melbourne Storm, last out we saw some monster magic. Shifted back to fullback, absolutely killed it, scoring a hat-trick. And you've got to wonder, do the Melbourne Storm stick with that? It's really dangerous. He can pop up on both sides of the field. Whereas at 5'8", you're mainly just playing him on that left side been a big point of contention do they play him as a fullback do they shift him back to 5-8 and look with Jerome Hughes out that's kind of forced their hands so we've seen Munster shifts back into that six role and Nick Meany takes the fullback reins although we'll have to wait and see if there are any changes on game day which is today holy shit almost forgot game of the round tonight it's actually very soon so I better bloody hurry up hey Now, Storm, plenty of injuries. Like I mentioned, Jerome Hughes, the latest. And final series is incoming. So the Storm have had all season to kind of tinker with their depth, work out exactly who comes in and what their best 17 looks like. Although it seems like every time the Storm do that, someone goes down and they have to rearrange again. So for the Storm, final series is incoming. They do not have much time at all to prepare themselves and they're going to get a fantastic test of where they are at up against the Penrith Panthers. No Cleary, no worries. We've got Sean O'Sullivan delivering. And say what you want about the guts of Jamin Salmon, or whether he is weak or strong, a dog, or maybe not a dog. What I do know, though, is that Jamin Salmon and Sean O'Sullivan delivered big time last week. And look, if they do it again... That will be really big for Penrith, given that that's really the only players they're without, other than Viliame Kikau, who's a shorter-term prospect in terms of injuries. So Sean O'Sullivan, Jamin Salmon, big test for them tonight. We have two competition heavyweights going at it. And of course, these two have already met this season in what, at the time, I was calling the game of the season. And I think I'll stick by that. I think the first time they met, there was some real steam, like the form and everyone was just like, this is the game. So last time they met, Panthers 32, Storm 6 at Magic Round. That is a decisive victory. And you'd have to say, Melbourne Storm look weaker now than they were at that point. Whereas Penrith Panthers, they really haven't dipped. They really haven't dipped. They've had two losses against the Eels, and that is it. So Panthers, you'd have to say, look, probably, yeah, weaker on paper because they have a different halves combination. But the Melbourne Storm have been decimated by injury. Very intrigued to see how this one plays out tonight. Checking out the team news now. Not a lot of changes for the Panthers. Matt Eisenhuth comes in for the suspended James Fisher-Harris. And Viliame Kikau was named on the extended bench. Uh, I wrote these notes a night, like last couple of nights. So you know what? We may actually have the exact team, Kikau, no longer on the extended bench. So just having a look at the actual team, we see Robert Jennings join the bench as well. Uh, I believe Chris Smith is out. So Viliame Kikau comes into the back row. Pretty much. Oh, oh, shit. We have a few changes, folks. We have a few more changes than I anticipated. Dylan Edwards, he was my MVP for this game. Blimey, he's out. And who else is out? Who's on the 
bloody left sting. Talon May. Looks like Talon May is out as well. So Charlie Staines. Wow. Mamma Mia. Spicy Meatball. There we go. Wow. Okay. Live changes. Charlie Staines. He's been named at fullback. Brian Toto and Sunia Taruva. If you saw the international tests a couple of months ago, you would have seen this kid at fullback. He's a standout, and it's his second game in the NRL after a debut off the bench. First start, so a couple of changes there. Taruva and Charlie Staines in. We see Kikau come into the starting side, and Robert Jennings on the bench. Storm, they are 1-17. to Just having a look, they've taken Cooper Johns at halfback with Hughes out, and I thought Cooper Johns looked really good last week. Munster shifts back to 5'8", so they are going to stick with that. Nick Meaney at the back, and Justin Olin returning in the centres. We also see Tom Eisenhuth starts. Really unfortunate news broke on the weekend or start of the week. Felice Kafusi, his father, has passed away, so Kafusi won't be playing in this one. Best wishes to Felice and his family. It's something I haven't had to go through, and I don't want to, ever. So I can't imagine how difficult that would be. It's been a tough week in rugby league, but that'll see Tom Eisenhuth start. He is ever-dependable. Not a household name, but Tom Eisenhuth, if I had, like, a best 17 to go into bat for me, I'd probably have Eisenhuth on the bench. You just know he's going to bust his ass and get the job done for you. So we see Eisenhuth start. It's going to be a massive battle in the coach's box as well. Ivan Cleary up against Craig Bellamy. And Bellamy, I think he's starting to think, well, here comes another coaching contender like a Trent Robinson or a Des Hasler. Well, now here's another coach of a really gun team that I'm also going to have to deal with. So Bellamy up against Cleary. Key battle in this one. I've gone with the dummy halves, which is where a lot of the points and creativity stems from for both sides. Both Origin players as well. Key battle, Arpi Corusau up against Harry Grant. My MVP scratched before kickoff. Dylan Edwards, hasn't he been fantastic? Saw a little bit of an article. Uh, it could be a smoky for the Deli M, and I would be all on board for that. He has been phenomenal this year. So Dylan Edwards was my MVP, he is now out. So that's interesting. My point of difference, also an MVP, and now the game's MVP, Cameron Munster. Coming off a massive game, now without Hughes, without Pappenhausen, I'm expecting Munster to step up big time in this one. Although I've gone with the Panthers. Anytime I tip against them, like I haven't tipped successfully against them probably since like 2019. So I'm, I'm going to go with Panthers just because, yeah, that I, I can't go against them. Can anyone? And if you were going to go a team, probably the Melbourne Storm or the Parramatta Eels, bloody hell. Uh, but probably the Melbourne Storm. But they look a bit undermanned, more than a bit undermanned, more undermanned than any side in the competition. And whilst I still have full faith in the Melbourne Storm and tr them trying to get something together, to make it work, how could I go against the Panthers? So Thursday night, which is tonight, unless you're listening to it, on the weekend. Hello from the past. I'm taking the Penrith Panthers. Got a bit of singing, shower singing in the background. Uh, that's a, it's, it's bloody Thursday night, Thursday night footy. Why wouldn't you be singing? It's the game of the round. And in game of the round, I'm going to be singing the Penrith Panthers praise over the Melbourne Storm as we now lead into the Friday fixtures. From the game of the round to the shame of the round. And to be honest, on one side, the shame of my life. Harsh, maybe fair, maybe not. Early Friday game in Auckland, my hometown, also the Warriors' hometown. How good to have them back in Auckland. Not so good to have them sitting in 14th place, but I have reached whatever. I've reached the whatever point. I've had more than enough time to digest how this season's going, and I think I'm just numb to it now. I think I'm just numb to it, which I don't know if that's a good thing, 
or a bad thing. Um, but 14th placed Warriors hosting the 12th placed Bulldogs. And that's actually good. That I actually enjoy from them. Given that, yeah, that's such a bad start to the season for them. Not even bad, but just, I, I don't know, it just wasn't working. Then Mick Potter, he turns the ship around and they sit in 12th. They sit above the Warriors. So that's kind of at the moment my pass mark is if you're above the Warriors, like other than maybe the Knights, you haven't gone full bad shit. And even the Tigers, it's like, oh, I can see some positive signs popping up at the Tigers who are just below us with a couple of great signings to come next year. Although one of them may backflip. And not the fun kind of backflip, but party backflip. That dude at the party who likes to backflip. And it's like, wow, well, I can't do that. That's impressive. Uh, but the contractual kind of backflip. Although, I saw maybe Isaiah Papali'i, it's not a backflip to stay at the Eels. It's potentially a backflip. What is my cat doing? Is he shitting? Is he shitting? I don't know. Maybe. Sorry. Okay, all good. I don't think he was shitting. Let's let's just move on from that. It's the NRL preview, but I thought I'd leave that in. It's un unconventional. So there you go. Welcome to my life. Sometimes my cat just shits. So look, early Friday, Auckland, 14th Warriors, 12th place Bulldogs. Warriors coming off another game where they just got absolutely pumped by the Rabbitohs. I won't lie. Uh, I switched that one off pretty early. It's like a Saturday. So what am I doing? What am I doing on a Saturday? I know my team's going to lose. Yes, I'm a supporter, but like, I know what's going to happen here. It's Saturday. It was Saturday, so I was like, I'm, I'm going to change the channel. Maybe I'll go out. I can't even remember. Um, I know what I didn't do, though. I didn't watch the full game. I was like, I had 48-10. Tells me all I need to know. As for the dogs, they were bested by the Cowboys, but a very competitive affair. And I was wondering, could the Bulldogs get it done again after winning in round one? They lost to the Cowboys. Still, respe everyone respects the dogs now. The dogs, who let the dogs out? Well, Mick Potter, he's let them out and we like them now. We love the dogs. Now, talking points, Isaiah Papali'i, I think before my cat interrupted me, um, Isaiah Papali'i, contractual backflip. Now, if it was with the Eels thing, like initially I was like, ah, oh, look, I'm usually they have very genuine reasons, but I was like, come on, man. I know it's the Tigers, but you signed a contract. Like this is a club who are down. They have been kicked when they're down. They have kicked themselves at times, at least from board level. And not only Api Corusau, but then Isaiah Papali'i, that's a bloody good start. Cat is sprinting around. Bloody hell, what, what's up, brother? Uh, but yeah, that is a monumental signing to go along with Api Corusau. But I was like, come on, man, just come on. Honor the Tigers deal. But I saw an article that maybe it's not to backflip to go, or stay at the Eels, rather, but a backflip to go home to New Zealand and rejoin the Warriors. And at that point... I was like, fuck the Tigers. Bro, you need to go home to New Zealand. Be around your family. I know we released you. I don't know why we did that. And now we've done that with Eliasia Katoa, who's just signed to the Storm. And I was like, oh, bloody hell, it's Papali'i all over again. I just let a great young back rower go. Blimey. But maybe, just maybe, the Katoa situation could be linked to Isaiah Papali'i. Now, the Katoa news that he was probably going to be headed to another club came out not too far after the news that Papali'i was considering a backflip. Now, look, if he goes to the Tigers, fair play. I really do feel for the Tigers here because they've let players go in the back row to accommodate this guy and... He's awesome. Potentially the best ba like back rower in the competition. Although, look, uh, it's a big clan. But he's in the conversation. You're at least he's thinking he's an elite forward when it comes to that conversation. So I really feel for the Tigers. And I, I would be really happy if he does go to the Tigers.
I don't really want him to go and just stay at the Eels. It's like, come on, just go to the Tigers. But I think Michael Maguire's situation was at play there. Uh, but yeah, in a biased way, I just throw all thoughts out the window. Once I heard that he was talking, uh, talking? Far out. There we go. I'm always creating new words on this podcast. Once I realized, as I said, that he was talking uh, about returning to New Zealand under the Warriors banner, um, yeah, I put my Warriors sunnies on and I was like, that is fantastic news. What can I do to help you get out of your contract at the Tigers? But yeah, be great for the Warriors. But look, if things were good in the world, which we know, not always they are, almost never, but... If all things were good in the world, we'd probably see Isaiah Papali'i go to the West Tigers and honour that deal. But that's a big talking point. For the Bulldogs, as far as their club, well, they've got a couple of big signings coming next year in Viliami Kikau, Reid Marnie, uh, as well as Ryan Sutton, the front rower, English front rower from the Raiders. So Bulldogs building towards a bright future. I still don't know what my cat is building towards them. Serious zoomy time. Quite silent zoomy time though. Now looking on to the team news, Dejan Arsi for the Warriors, he comes into the 5'8 jersey. That sees Wade Egan move back to dummy half. Freddie Lusick bench. Awesome um, as I said, I'm a bit whatever about the Warriors season. Not whatever about the players. Really good to see Dejan Arsi back in. I do think Cowboys will want him back next year. Wade Egan has been a fantastic and, to be honest, really unheralded leader over the last few years at the Warriors. So, like, I'm not whatever about the players. But as far as the season, very whatever vibes. Keen to see Viliami Vailea, though. He comes back into the side after suffering a broken jaw. This is a kid we can build around, a warrior for years to come. So, my full support behind him. That sees Ewan Aitken move back into the second row. And for the dogs, Tevita Pangai Jr. is going to remain in Australia for personal reasons. So Raymond Faitala Mariner, he lines up at lock. And one of the better haircuts at the Bulldogs. And if you've been following the Instagram, we are currently running NRL's best haircut. Running the polls. We've seen a few nominations early. Today, if you head over to the Instagram, at not just a sports report, you can suss out the Bulldogs' best haircut, four options, and you can cast your vote. We're going to slowly but surely work out who has the NRL's best haircut. What we do know potentially is who has been the best interim coach this season, Mick Potter. But Stacey Jones, luck hasn't gone his way. He wants to get one over his interim rival. Some personal interim beef here. Cannot wait for that to go down. Hopefully I don't have to change the channel. Key battle in this one, Sean Johnson up against Kyle Flanagan. Flanagan, I'm really happy for to see how he's warmed into that halfback role. Someone who'd been criticized to all hell, like many young halfbacks. Think Luke Brooks, think Brody Croft. There's plenty of them out there. But Flanagan, his name got dragged through the mud at times and seemed like maybe there wasn't going to be an NRL career for him. Well, he's dug down and he's found something within himself and he's been really consistent. So Kyle Flanagan in this key battle, I've got to say, really happy to see him thriving. On the other side, Sean Johnson, not so much in the thriving category, although I do believe his best performances have been in Auckland since we've come back. So I think... I'm really happy to give him another year. Let's see how he goes based in New Zealand. And he'd been away from his family. I know he's an experienced player, but Sean Johnson, I'm I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Remember, we're supporters. And remember that with your own team as well. Just because they're not going good sometimes. I mean, isn't that when you need support? Think about it personally. When would you need support? When you're going great? Like, yeah, sure, everyone's gonna fucking Yeah, well done. Everyone wants to pat you on the back. But when you're down, that's when you truly need support. So Sean Johnson, bloody oath, might even jump on him for any time try scorer. That might be a little bit too much support, but 
Let's see how we go. Sean Johnson, Kyle Flanagan is my key battle. Most valuable player, Matt Burton. Goes without saying, dogs building a very bright future around this kid. And as a Warriors fan, I'm very, very concerned about what he may do to us this weekend. Point of difference, Wade Egan back in his natural position of dummy half. That makes a ton of difference. Not that we're playing for any points that really matter. Sorry to be so dour. That's uh, just where I'm at. Um, but point of difference, Wade Egan. Prediction. I'm going to go the Warriors. I haven't in a while. I've been very whatever. And this is one that I think we can win. And if dogs win this, hell yeah. I I'd be happy for them. As I said, Kyle Flanagan. They've been a struggling club. And they're, they're trying to make moves. Whereas I'm like, at least for the rest of this year, it doesn't seem as though there are any moves to be made from the Warriors. So I'm like, hey, if the dogs win, cool. Congratulations, you guys. I'm making moves. And yes, there is a biased nature to this pick. If I was a neutral fan, there is every chance I would have picked the Bulldogs in this one. But I'm a Warriors fan. I'm a supporter. I'm going to go the Warriors in this one just because I think we can win it, which is a very poor foundation to base my tip off. As I said though, Warriors glasses on. Isaiah Papali'i, where you at brother? Taking the Warriors over the Bulldogs? Why? No idea to be honest. I guess just the reasons I mentioned. Go Warriors. Good luck to the Bulldogs as well. Really happy to see them thriving. Speaking of thriving, bloody hell. We have a marquee game on our hands Friday night with not just top eight implications, but there are top four implications to get amongst here as the fifth placed Parramatta Eels looking like they are peaking at the right time, which has been a criticism of their team in recent years, up against the sixth place Rabbitohs who are literally just below them. I'm going to have a quick squiz with my eagle eye as to the latter situation. I believe Rabbitohs are one win behind the Eels, so they win this. That, that's a total game changer. Okay, so we have Storm in fourth, 28 points. Eels, fifth place, but also on 28. They are equal fourth. Rabbitohs, one win behind. Same goes for Brisbane. But Rabbitohs, if they beat the Eels here, and if the Panthers beat the Storm, which, like, that is very, very possible. Rabbitohs are 33 points behind the Storm on differential. But if Souths win here, they are in the top four race. This has been blown wide open. And for the Eels, if they win here and Storm lose to the Panthers, like many of us believe that's what's going to go down, well then the Parramatta Eels, they are a top four side. And if they hold that fourth position, imagine a week one finals meeting with the Panthers, they are 2-0 and over the reigning premiers this year. The only side to beat the Panthers, and they've done it twice. How good. Top four implications in this one. It is definitely going to be heating up. Eels coming off that win against the Manly Seagulls. No Mitch Moses, but Jake Arthur stepped up big time. He was actually my rising star for round 21 in the NRL I'd say Power Hour podcast. The one on the weekend was about half an hour. Very quick one. Uh, but Jake Arthur, he was my rising star for the round as Eels got over Manly in a vital two competition points for their season. As for the Rabbitohs, uh, I thought we were done rehashing this one. 48-10 uh, against the Warriors. Absolutely belted us. Um, I say us. I wasn't out there. I would not have made much of a difference but Rabbitohs they are absolutely killing it really good form Latrell Mitchell has totally taken them to that next level as well Mitchell was my round 21 x-factor player of the round so we've got a few a few highlights from last power hour episode Jake Arthur was the rising star Latrell Mitchell was the x-factor player of the entire round and we're talking Cameron Munsters out here scoring hat-tricks. Dylan Edwards is busting his ass, doing everything he can do to get the Panthers over the line. Plenty of quality games to pick from on the weekend. 
I ended up going with Latrell Mitchell, X-Factor player of the round, and for three weeks in a row, this is no joke, Tavita Totola, three straight weeks he has picked up the Not Just a Sports Report Tough Stuff nomination for getting through the real tough work, the hard stuff, and I was very, very impressed. So that is three straight weeks, and considering that I felt like for the Rabbitohs that one point of weakness was probably their prop department comparatively to some of the really elite teams. Tevita Totola, like he is fully standing up. When I was kind of looking other than a Cameron Murray in the middle and trying to say, like, who's their guy? Tom Burgess, arguably. But I was trying to say, like, or see, who's their guy? Like, I couldn't really see it. And now I see it clear as day. Tevita Totola, he's putting his hand up and I am very impressed with what I'm seeing from him this year. You've got two sides pushing for a premiership, and as I was talking about with the latter implications, this is the most critical juncture of both sides' seasons. Two of the most inconsistent contenders as well when you look at the finals. I think that was kind of a common theme between both. Eels definitely inconsistent, and Rabbitohs, they've taken time to kind of work out how do they play under Jason Demetrio. How do they play without someone like Adam Reynolds staring them around the park? And I tell you what's made the biggest difference, and that is the return of Latrell Mitchell, no doubt. Now, I talked about how the Rabbitohs need to win this one to get themselves in top four. Well, I believe over the next, I'm trying to pull up the drawer, bloody slow phone. Next couple of weeks, Rabbitohs arguably have the toughest run home. So they've got Eels, Panthers, Cowboys, Roosters. So top four looks like a real stretch for the Rabbitohs. They could be bounced out of the eight. Most critical game of their season. And for the Eels, this could be the moment. If they make top four, that considerably makes them a much larger chance of taking out the Premiership, which I've said preseason I envisioned and I didn't back them in. I actually picked the Roosters to win. Because who the fuck is going to trust the Eels with their preseason premiership prediction? But at some point, I was thinking, like, maybe do I put them out of the top eight? I was like, are they going to have an awesome season or are they going to shit the bed? It's kind of been bits of both as well. But I've had visions, that's so Raven style, of Mitchell Moses. So he'll, he'll be fit. And Dylan Brown, like, I felt... Like, this is a side that could lift the Premiership. And all season, that still kind of remained something I've thought of. But then things changed, and I thought, like, okay, if they're 7th or 8th, then all of a sudden they've been way too inconsistent from what I've seen from them this season. And I was thinking, maybe maybe my visions are off. We'll have to see. Um, but since then, they've really clicked into gear. They are now finding consistency. And if they finish in the top four, this could be a real good shot. This could be a real good shot. And if they play against the Panthers, my goodness. So we've reached the best part of the season. This is the run home, well and truly beyond business time. And now these sides are setting their sights on the Premiership. Winner, well, top four beckons, although Souths, as I said, very tough draw. And the loser, they could finish anywhere from fifth to being bounced out of the eight completely, in South's case mainly. It's very interesting if we do see one of these sides that are in the eight end up getting bounced out. Raiders who are in ninth have a very favorable draw, at least on paper. So South's, this is the most must-win game of their season to date. We have two genuine contenders, no matter what people say about them, these are two sides that are in contention. That's what I believe, at least. Sussing out the team news. Off a hockey, off a hockey? Blimey, uh, off a hickey Ogden joins the Eels bench. Former warrior, former Bulldog, ended up getting released from the Bulldogs, but he's been playing at reserve grade level for Para. So he comes onto the bench, and for the Rabbitohs, we see Hame Sele. He starts in the front row. Key battle for this one, I've gone with Dylan Brown up against Cody Walker. 
Dylan Brown, now this is his Parramatta Eels side without Mitchell Moses lining up next to him. And for Cody Walker, well, he's got Luttrell to bounce off, but these two 5'8s are going to have a big say on the result in this one. Key battle, Dylan Brown up against Cody Walker. Most valuable player? I think that's clear right now. That has to be Latrell Mitchell. He has totally turned around the fortunes of the South Sydney side, and he looks in the best shape of his career. Really enjoying what Latrell's doing. Also enjoying Cameron Murray, except last weekend. I did not enjoy that. But Cameron Murray is my point of difference. He is so solid in the middle, and I think at times when the game is really on the line and when the Rabbitohs need something, and maybe the defense of the Eels, they've got their eyes on Cody Walker, they've got their eyes on Latrell. I think Cameron Murray could be a major point of difference in this one. In saying that, I'm gonna go the Eels. And again, I don't know why. Two quite inconsistent sides who are starting to hit their peak. I'm gonna go the Eels, and I'm not super convinced about this one. Uh, but I was thinking about it. They have a lot to play for. And I go back to that Premiership vision. So I'm going to back the Premiership vision in. Not saying they're going to win the Premiership. But in a game that I can't really predict, I'm going to go the Eels. Let's see how far they can go. Parramatta over the South Sydney Rabbitohs. If that does happen as well. Boy, oh boy. Rabbitohs could very well bounce out of the eight. We're going to have to watch this space, taking the Parramatta Eels over the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And with the Friday action being done, let's now move on to the freaking weekend, baby. Saturday action up next. To the Super Saturday action now, and it's a massive game at the Sydney Cricket Ground. And... I put that down before even today's events, which makes this a much more significant game. We have the 8th placed Roosters trying to make this huge run from the bottom part of the 8, hosting the 2nd placed Queensland Cowboys. It's a fucking plane or something now. What is going on tonight? No, that's fine, plan. We'll, we'll wait for you. Uh, now, 2nd placed Cowboys. Like, unreal. The biggest surprise packets of the season up against the Roosters, who have had a surprising season in their own right, given that I think a lot of us had them higher than 8th place. Now, Roosters, last time out, they looked amazing, rolled through the Broncos, right through the middle. Very physical. I'm thinking Jared Warrior Hargreaves, Matt Lodge, and Joseph Suwali, who his physicality is unreal for a kid his age as for the cowboys they beat the bulldogs last time out now talking points the roosters they are peaking at the right time a trent robinson specialty they are eighth place though so they have to continue to rack up the wins they're still in a very vulnerable position so big time matchup for the roosters for the cowboys they are genuine premiership contenders and that leads me to the point I'm going to make here. The only man to take the Cowboys to a premiership win. A former player as well of both of these sides in Paul Green. So, yeah, players no doubt going to be hurting, especially those Cowboys players. I know there are a few young guys, but pretty much everyone in this Cowboys side were coached by Paul Green. Worked with him day to day. But many of them... Greeny was the one that handed these blokes their first NRL jumper. So these guys are going to be hurting real bad. Um, I'm not going to judge their performance very harshly this weekend. If they are to lose, it, it would be... I mean, again, it's something I haven't experienced. Like a, something of that magnitude. One, I haven't played in the NRL. Uh, not yet. Watch this space. Um, but, yeah, like... They would be stinging so hard. I think of guys like Jason Taumalolo, like those premiership memories, and not just footy memories. Like, coaches are like a mentor and a father figure for like a lot of these blokes as well, and someone that you can really lean on. You build up this level of trust. So, 
the Cowboys, they would be hurting a lot right now. I do expect them to lift, though. This this could be the game of the round, to be honest, after everything that has gone down. I, I think it's just going to be a really sad affair to start with and as they pay their respects. But I, I think both of these outfits, Roosters included. Greeny is a former Rooster. He was only just recently at their 2002 Premiership reunion. And look, yeah, Cowboys, they're going to be up for this. They are definitely going to be up for this. Really unfortunate time. And as for this actual game, we may be about to see another Cowboys Premiership. And I mean, how special would it be now if they go all the way and they do win that grand final? They are in second place. If they hold that second place, the first week of finals, Townsville. If they win, and it's a big ask, we don't know who they're going to play. This is the final series. But if the Cowboys are to win in Townsville, they will go straight to a preliminary final in Townsville. That is big time. Can you imagine the energy at Queensland Country Bank Stadium? It's going to be something special. A lot of ifs and buts. There's still some season to play out. But the Cowboys, they looked second place. Looks like where they're going to finish. There is football to be played. And that is not guaranteed by any stretch. But this could be a very, very special run for the Cowboys. And yeah, given given everything that's gone down. Uh, yeah, I, I just lost for words, really. So we'll, we'll keep this rolling. We've got the best combination in terms of halves this year, at least in my opinion, that is Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend. How well have they complemented each other? Townsend, the perfect signing for the Cowboys. And who would have guessed it? I, I didn't think it was going to work out like this. Tom Dearden, a player with plenty of raps, but looked like he was scarred from his Broncos times. Let's remember the back end around this time last year for the Cowboys, they were going like a busted ass. So they have fully turned it around. Tom Dearden is now a Queensland Origin Series winning half. That is incredible. You have Reuben Cotter, Jeremiah Nanai, so many of these players playing to their potential. Todd Payton, what an unreal coach. And I think Chad Townsend, in a way, is almost like a coach on the field as the halfback. He organizes, he handles the kicking, and he allows these young guys to really take their moments. And he takes that pressure, does a lot of the thinking for them in terms of like, let's structure it this way, let's do this. And they just have to play their part, which they have shown they can do that in bucket loads. So huge fan of the halves pairing for the Cowboys. And look, up against the Roosters halves, you have Sam Walker and Luke Carey, who are really starting to click. I've loved watching those two combine over the last couple of weeks, especially. Because earlier in the season, it was a little bit like touch and go. Now, after having some time to really work it out, they look awesome together. So my key battle in this one, that's in the halves. Tom Dearden, Chad Townsend up against Luke Keary and Sam Walker. Should be a good one. Team news, Roosters are unchanged, at least at this stage. And for the Cowboys, Jordan McLean. He returns after, unfortunately, not getting to participate in State of Origin for the Blues. But McLean's back. He's going to get to participate in a grand final run, potentially. So still a lot for him to get excited about. My point of difference in this one, I've gone with the Roosters wingers. Suwali, so, so electric as well as very physical. Daniel Tupo, the same. And both big fellas. Both big, big options for that crossfield kick. We've always known Daniel Tupo to be that. But I noticed definitely, I went and watched the Raiders play in Canberra. And the side I was sitting on in the first or second half, I can't remember. Um, that was the side Suwali was attacking on. And because Daniel Tupo, this was during the origin period, so no Daniel Tupo, and they just kept kicking to Suwali. Suwali, my bad. Uh, they just kept kicking to him all day. 
And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, we've already got Daniel Tupo. Now you've got Suali, this, like, 18-year-old superhuman. No, I know. He's not superhuman. Let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But it's like, bloody hell. Roosters have done it again. My MVP in this one, James Tedesco. Talk about doing it again and again and again. The numbers this guy is churning out, it's incredible. Tedesco, it's, it's actually loose. It's loose as fuck. I don't know how he does it. And he's always been a player of so much promise. Had a few injuries, like definitely had adversity and setbacks early in his career, especially with the Tigers. The player he's transformed into as a rooster, it's incredible. He's one of the leading players in the game, worldwide. James Tedesco, how could I not have him as my most valuable player in this one? Although, plenty of options across both sides. As far as my prediction, I wrote this one down before today's events, and I think I'm just going to stick with it. I don't want to overthink it. So, I'm going to go with the Sydney Roosters. I do think Cowboys will be up for this one, and I think that could be some real value in terms of putting your money on the Cowboys, given that they're the underdogs in this one. Second place. Although Roosters, they were one of the few sides to have beaten the Cowboys in Townsville. That was a bit earlier in the season, so I'm going to go with Sydney Roosters at the SCG. I'll be cheering for the Cowboys most likely, although neutral fans, it's like, Hey, Roosters were my premiership pick, so I'm kind of like, hey, hopefully you guys win some credibility to the preseason picks. But the inner rugby league fan in me, I just want to see a mad Cowboys run. Especially after today, I could really get on board a Cowboys run. And they've exceeded my expectations. Roosters, preseason, they were my premiership prediction. Cowboys, I had in 15th. No side has impressed me or exceeded my expectations greater than the Cowboys. Funnily enough, no side has disappointed me more than the Warriors. Go figure. Uh, But yeah, Cowboys, I've been giving full credit to them all season. I've been a believer for ages now. I said it like halfway through the season. I was like, holy shit, no, I'm a believer. I'm on board with the Cowboys. Now even more so. So I would love to see a Cowboys run all the way to that grand final. But in this game, I'm taking the Roosters. They have a lot to play for. They are by no means guaranteed a finals footy appearance this season. And they are going to have to work their asses off to ensure that they can even have the chance to compete for the Premiership. They've got Trent Robinson coaching them. They've got an unreal roster that are really starting to click at the right time of year. I think they're going to have a hell of a lot of motivation in this one. Although, so are the Cowboys, so this is another great round, plenty of big time matches, taking the Roosters over the Cowboys, leading us into our next Saturday game, Saturday evening in Tamworth, as the 15th place Tigers take on the 3rd placed Cronulla Sharks. Last time out, the Tigers looked they'd been on a really promising run. We were seeing signs and reasons to be optimistic. To be honest, in the last month, I have never spoken so many positive words about the Tigers, at least this season. And doing a podcast and like literally talking about them, I, I've felt never felt more positive about the Tigers. And then they go and lose to the Knights, but kind of like where I'm at with the Warriors season, it's like when the Tigers play the Knights, It's very whatever for mine. Sorry to Tigers and Knights fans. Like, I'm sure it's not to you, but I'm I'm not like, oh my gosh, Tigers, what a bad shit. Knights, they're back. It's just like, okay, cool. But Tigers beaten by the Knights. I think they're going to be really up for this game against the Sharks, though. I think that was kind of the kick in the ass they needed to be like, okay, no, let's... And Knights, of course, they really wanted that one. But yeah, there's a bit of a danger game element. I've been looking at this one on the fixture and Sharks $1.22. And it seems like that one where it's like, yeah, there you go, dollar over $1.20, chuck that one in a multi or whatever. But I, I don't know. I think I'm going to stay away from this one. Um, Tigers. I don't know what it is. I think they're a danger side. 
Am I going to go with the Tigers in this one? Ooh. No. No, I'm not. But, yeah, I do think they're a massive danger side, so I'm going to pay them the respect here of saying, I'm going to stay away from this one on the punt. As for the Sharks, well, they edged out their crosstown rivals in the Dragons. Very close game as well, with St. George's season on the line. Sharks, though, they're a top four outfit. And just like I was speaking about the Cowboys before, Cronulla Sharks are another side that present this amazing run to a grand final. Both Cowboys and Sharks only one premiership in their history. Each, of course. Lol. Um, but yeah, now they've got a chance to do it all again. Sharks, this is year one. Craig Fitzgibbon and his era at the helm of the Sharks. This is only a year one. They are already in premiership contention. Can the Sharks go all the way on this premiership surge? And for the West Tigers, I'ma say it, they're on the way up. They are on the way up, hopefully, fingers crossed. Look, if we take uh, Isaiah Papali'i from you guys, I won't complain. But Tigers are on the up. Api Korosau is a big signing. They've, the whole Madge thing, he's an awesome coach. That was always lingering over them. So now there's at least, no matter how you feel about it, we know what their coaching plan is. We know who's gonna be running the joint and we know some players that are coming on board and we don't know some players. Isaiah Papali'i, hopefully coming on board. The Warriors, that, I'll stop that though, sorry if that's annoying. But yeah, only year one of the Craig Fitzgibbon era. West Tigers, it's the Brett Kamali era for the rest of the season. But let's hope they're on the up. I've said it a lot of times this season. I think this is the year of this like decade of bed shitting. I think this is the year that they bottom out. And yeah, I, I really do think they can build to something. And I don't know. I don't think they're gonna have some crazy Cowboys Broncos season where they come out next year and surprise us all. Maybe they will. I'll be really happy for them if they do. But let's just give them some time. We at least know the direction they're heading in. Looks like it's up. Seems like they've bottomed out. They've hit that low. Let's hope. I, I genuinely, I'm feeling optimistic about the Tigers and I want to stay that way. Doesn't really matter what happens in this game. Doesn't matter that much what happens for the rest of the year, to be honest. If they win the wooden spoon, then maybe, yeah. But Gold Coast Titans, like, they're doing everything they can to hold on to that spoon. Now, looking at the team news, Joe Offahengawi, who has been a massive, massive workhorse this season for the Tigers, he shifts back to the lock forward role, which, look, he does really well there, but Jackson Hastings, a massive loss in that position. And I, I'll put my hand up. I'd been critical. I was like, what the fuck are they moving Jackson Hastings to lock for? I was like, oh no, he's going to end up leaving somewhere else, greener pastures. But no, that actually looked really good. I, I'll put my hand up there. I, at least from what I've seen, was wrong. Now Joe Offengawe, he'll play lock. Quality there, but a totally different entity to Jackson Hastings as well. And for the Sharks, Dale Finucan, he is back on board after his head clash suspension. That's a big, pretty underrated, I reckon, not in the game, but an underrated addition. Like, we aren't hearing a lot of talk about, oh shit, Sharks are getting Dale Finucane back. That's a big deal. That is a massive lift for the Cronulla side. Key battle in this one, I've got Adam Dewey, who I hope for the Tigers' sake, they can hold on to him because he looks like the guy to position in the number six jersey and go with it. Just stick with it, go long-term. Adam Dewey, up against Braden Trindle. No Matt Moylan here. Trindle alongside Hines. But th this is a kid. Like, we know Matt Moylan has had some injury history, and I must pay it. I have been stoked to see him play out this full year. But for Braden Trindle, there are going to be opportunities that most definitely present themselves, and he could be someone who pushes his way into the halves for a side that are now a premiership contender. So Braden Trindle, I don't think that's gonna be this year, but he's continuing his development. This is another test, big game for the Sharks. And he's not the marquee man. He's not the leader, 
but he is in the halves, so big game for Braden Trindle up against Adam Duahy. Most valuable player, Nico Hines, one of the signings of the season, in the running with a few others for the Not Just a Sports Report NRL Player of the Season. He's had a cracking year, has Nico Hines, my MVP for this one. And my point of difference, named out on the wing, Lockie Miller. A few people surprised that he wasn't named at fullback last week. Instead, they've gone with Cade Dykes, who's still there this weekend. But Lockie Miller, he was unreal. Came off the bench last weekend, six tackle breaks, and now we get a bit of taste of Lockie Miller on the sting. So keen to see that. Lockie Miller, my point of difference. My prediction, I'm going with the Sharks. I think Tigers are a danger side, as I said, staying away from this one. But head-to-head prediction, going to play it safe. Cronulla Sharks, I I think Dale Finucane. I really do think that's a big in. I think the boys will get a lift from that. Cronulla Sharks over the West Tigers. Let's see if it's a danger game or whether my radar was way off. I mean, this is the same guy running around talking about Parramatta Eels premiership visions. Like, ugh. We'll see how that one goes. And we'll also see how that Sharks-Tigers one goes. Now, though, let's jump on to our Saturday night game as the seventh-placed Broncos at their hometown, Suncorp Stadium, they will be hosting the 13th placed Newcastle Knights. Don't have to tell you what game this one is. I told you how many seconds ago? Five? So let's just get straight amongst it. Seventh place Broncos. Whoops, said I wasn't going to say the game. Now, last up, we had the Broncos. Lose against the Roosters. As I talked about just before, Roosters going straight through the middle, a lot more physical. And Broncos from the get-go in that one, they just looked a little bit off. Now Broncos, they are in serious danger of having this amazing season fall by the wayside. Their top eight spot, well, that is well and truly in jeopardy. Can they hold on to that? They've shown such great signs. They deserve to play finals this year. But the Raiders, the Roosters, manly. These teams below Broncos don't give a shit whether Broncos deserve to play finals footy or not. The way to prove you deserve it is to earn your way in there. Huge game for the Broncos up against a night side that has played finals the last couple of years. But now they seem to be dipping. Knights last time out got a much needed win up against the Tigers, but yeah, that didn't really have much bearing on this actual season, did it? No, no disrespect intended. Now for the Broncos, can they finish in the top four? It looked like such a possibility only a couple of weeks ago. Now they're fighting just to stay in the top eight. Where exactly are they going to land come the end of the season? Will they lose touch? of that finals race, or can they get themselves going once again? We've seen during the week as well, the futures of Tessie New and Jake Turpin up in the air. Turpin's been told he's not gonna be re-signed, so maybe we see him go to the Dolphins. Be interesting to see where Turpin does land. Dolphins does make the most sense. And as for Tessie New, he's shown glimpses of some real class at the back, so I think some sides will be interested in him as well. For the Newcastle Knights, Adam O'Brien is on shaky ground, no doubt. He needs to keep, whoa, blimey, keep racking up those wins. Otherwise, that News Corp cycle is going to get on his ass and they'll try to get him fired like they've done to many before him. So Adam O'Brien, he needs to continue to stabilize this Knights outfit. And look for the Broncos. They've still got the Storm and the Eels to come in this very short run home to the finals. They've got Raiders and Manly chasing them, as well as Roosters just below them. This is a game that the Broncos, it's non-negotiable. They simply have to come away from this one with the victory. Checking out the team news, Brenko Lee returns in the centres, taking the place of a very bright young star, Dean Mariner. Tamari Martin, he's back as well at fullback. Broncos, they look really good with Tamari at fullback. 
who's actually signed to the Warriors from next season. So I'm happy with that. And what a comeback this year from Tamare Martin. Feels like, yeah, I almost forgot what he's had to go through to get back here. And it's been remarkable. So truly very happy for Tamare Martin. Good to see him back at fullback. My point of difference in this one is part of the team news. That's no Patrick Carrigan. I think that is a massive loss for the Broncos. That was my thinking and going with the Roosters over them last weekend. And this could be the key to victory for the Knights, especially given David Clemmer is back. He's going to have to be on his best behavior. Thank you, sir. Yes, trainer. I'll come off immediately. So let's see how Clemmer goes. He has that mongrel that the Knights are going to need through the middle. And let's stick with that theme of the middle forwards. My key battle in this one, Payne Haas up against David Clemmer. Two enforcers, some silky hands as well. Clemmer definitely has added some improvements to his game this year and has been arguably the Knights' best this season. Big battle in the middle, Payne Haas, David Clemmer. My MVP, Adam Reynolds. When the Broncos have needed a lift, this is the man who has provided it. He's the marquee man. He is the halfback with the keys to the side. There is no Patrick Carrigan. And the Broncos, they are going to be looking for someone to lead them forward. I'm going with Adam Reynolds as my most valuable player. And I think Kirk Capewell is going to be in for a big game as well. Expecting these experienced recruits to show exactly why the Broncos bought them in the first place. Leading into my prediction, I'm going with the Brisbane Broncos. I still think they're a quality side. Don't think that much of the Knights. Taking the Brisbane Broncos over the Newcastle Knights. Now, two games to go. On to the Sunday action. Kicking off with the ninth placed Rickyless Raiders. Win or go home from here on out as they take on the 11th placed St. George Illawarra Dragons. Last up, Raiders were outclassed by the Panthers in what was a really integral game for the Raiders' push to try and make the finals. Now they find themselves in ninth. They absolutely have to keep winning, although they do have quite a favourable draw, to be honest. As for the Dragons, they are coming off a narrow loss up against the Sharks. They looked pretty good in that, but unfortunately now, Dragons out of the finals mix, but the Raiders... They are right amongst it. No Ricky Stewart in this one, but we have seen that the club have retained Xavier Savage, signed now until the end of 2025. So we're starting to see some really bright young talents emerge at the Raiders, and there are still more to come from the lower ranks. Trust me. So great time to be a Canberra Raiders fan. No Ricky in this one. No Joseph Tarpanay as well, who I believe has been their best all year. That is a major loss, and that will see Emre Gula move into the starting side. Corey Horsburgh joins the bench, and Nick Kotrich has been suspended, which sees Albert Hopawate shift to the wing. For the Dragons, Tarek Sims has been suspended. That sees Josh Maguire start, and Michael Molo. What a return, or not even a return, just a, a burst to get himself from the Norse Devils into an NRL system. And he's playing outstanding. So Michael Molo named it lock. And we've seen Moses Embai retained at fullback. My key battle in this one, that is the halfback position. Ben Hunt up against Jamal Fogarty. Both of these guys are going to have a major say as to who can get the win in this one. And that leads me to my most valuable player, which is none other than Ben Hunt himself, a potential smoky for the Delhi M Award this year. So we'll have to watch that space. Point of difference in this one, I've gone with Hudson Young, who's one of my favorite players, not just at the Raiders, but in the entire competition. Raiders are my second team. Anyone who's listened to the podcast knows it. So yes, there is some bias in this pick. I actually think Dragons are a major danger side here. Was considering all week going the Dragons, but I will be cheering the Raiders on. So. I'm going to back that up with my prediction, taking the Canberra Raiders over the Dragons. Almost forgot who they were. Now, in the last game, last place Titans up against the 10th place Seagulls. This is an easy one. This one is a rapid one. Uh, Titans, 
they they badly need to come out and win this game. But for the Seagulls, their season is on the line and they are f- the flat track bullies tag. It's been pretty consistent all year. More than pretty consistent. Very consistent. Titans just seem like the exact side, kind of side that Manly can beat. So I'm going to go Seagulls over the Titans in the last game of the round. Sorry to make that such a rapid one. Uh, but yeah, I just think I think that one is going to go that way. So why, why dance around with that? A lot of issues at the Titans, which I will cover all of that on the weekend for the NRL Power Hour podcast, reviewing everything that's gone down in the round. And now with the podcast wrapping up for today, I just wanted to say once again, really unfortunate about the loss of Paul Green will always be remembered. He will always have a legacy, Cowboys maiden premiership, and also as a person and the people that knew him, which I didn't, but I definitely experienced that North Queensland premiership. And it was something very special. Anytime a side can win their first premiership, that is very special. And I say that as a Warriors fan. I have never felt it. So look, yeah, Paul Green, he gave Cowboys that moment. Jonathan Thurston, I know he won with the Bulldogs, but it was entirely different at that time. There were so many moments and yeah, a lot of things Paul Green achieved, not just as the Cowboys coach, Maroons coach, Winner Manly coach, and as a player at the Sharks, Roosters and Cowboys. Deeply saddened to hear about the passing of Paul Green. And with that being said, that has been the NRL Round 22 preview. Gone through all my tips. Last one, very rapid, but I actually had notes for that. But I was like, you know what? I think this one just seems pretty clear cut. So we'll see how that actually plays out. And I'll be back on the weekend to dive into everything that's gone down in the NRL Power Hour podcast. Until then, hope you enjoyed the pod. If you did, remember to follow us over on Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report. And of course, on whatever podcast platform you are listening on, you'll be able to see as soon as the Power Hour podcast is out. Until then, thank you for listening. Take care and enjoy the footy this weekend. <laughs>